Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Yudhu Shastra. We have just concluded UFC 262, the main event due to time constraints. I'll be only talking about the main card. I know there were some interesting fi- uh, fights in the preliminaries, but as I said earlier, due to time constraints, I'm only going to discuss about the main card of UFC 262. First, let me tell you, this was a very important event for in the case of both Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. Going into this fight, there was a lot of criticism on the part of UFC and Michael Chandler because he was given he was being given the title shot after getting into UFC. Remember, Michael Chandler migrated from uh, one more promotion into UFC recently and the first fight he won and immediately the second fight was a title fight. The criticism come from the fact that though he is not a veteran in the UFC, there are other more important or more uh, uh, fighters, heavy fighters in the lightweight division who are uh, far more eligible in the terms that, not in the terms of uh, their fighting technique or their capabilities, just because they have been in UFC for long and they have been fighting for much longer than what Michael Chandler was doing in the UFC promotion. When you take Michael Chandler as an individual unit, he's a beast. He's known for pummeling people down. He walks them down. He throws punches. He knocks people out. So there was a lot of criticism on uh, going into that. But my God, the result was very fantastic. I was uh, on the edge of my seat looking for who is going to win the title of the lightweight division. But before getting into that, let us start with the low rung of the main card that is Edson Barboza versus Shane Burgess. So this fight was uh, a little bit of a slow pace for me. I was expecting a lot more uh, momentum from both of the fighters but I'm not sure whether I'm right or wrong here but as far as I'm concerned this was a little bit of a slow featherweight bout. You have to remember when uh, this fight was first announced uh, there was a lot of uh, um, I don't know how to put it but it was a lot of uh, uh, noise that was surrounding this uh, pair up but when you when the bell rang on the first round itself Barboza attacked uh, legs of uh, Shane he was uh, throwing kicks he was uh, hurting I think the game plan was here to hurt the movement of uh, Shane uh, because uh, to a greater extent those kicks that he started landing in the first round itself did their trick. I think by the end of the, please remember that I might be wrong here but according to me by the end of the third round there was a lot of lethargy in the movement of uh, Shane Burgess. But though Shane lost his footing multiple times over the rounds. He checked those kicks with uh, great technique as one can be said. That was the first round where uh, Shane was shook a little bit because of the leg kicks uh, or the onslaught of leg uh, leg kicks from Barboza. But uh, as far as coming to the second round, uh, it was still in the hands of Barboza because he was um, he was he was setting the pace for the round. Remember that in 
in this particular pair up both were kind of having the same technique that were uh, they were going through but it came down to who was setting pace for the entire round in the first round it was barboza in the second round he ensured that he was setting the pace for the entire round so he was setting the pace but what i found surprising was when uh, barboza was uh, doing his thing shane also picked up his slack and he started responding with much more force than what we were seeing in the first one and a half rounds and this was again where barboza dominated the round and when he came into the third round itself uh, this was like both of them were were at war with each other in both of the rounds they were exchanging blows they were exchanging kicks but at the end of the day barboza was still maintaining the pace and that that was the memory of uh, those particular uh, match up in my memory for me it was barboza who set the pace shane tried to uh, come up uh, to counter the pace that was being set up by barboza but for me he couldn't uh, come to that extent to check barboza in the get go but what uh, everyone will be talking about for the next few weeks at least according to me will be the stoppage in the third round so for everyone who actually watched the game you can clearly see that um, barboza connected with shane and eventually shane hit the canvas for me one of the uh, i know i have been seeing uh, mixed martial arts for a, sh- a long period of time but for me it has been uh, uh, a little bit of a troubling uh, moment when somebody loses consciousness or somebody gets knocked down and this case was also nothing uh, different than what i was expecting but there was this uh, this thing happened in third round where uh, babos are connected with burgers and you can clearly see that shane didn't have anything to come back at meaning he was clearly out of it and in the next moment he hit the canvas and the referee stepped in and it was a stoppage it was a third round stoppage i think it happened around 1 minute 1 minute 20 mark and for me for, the, for let me tell you what i saw i think he ate that shot i personally felt that when it landed or it connected from barboza uh, uh, shot connected with shane i thought he ate it up and heel stand but though i thought that he will be continuing fighting uh, just a few seconds after it i think it was uh, there was a time delay from the point when the shot landed and shane landed on the canvas so that was a very bizarre thing for me so that gave me the impression that maybe shane ate up the shot and uh, he was still in the fight but contrary to that uh, Sean, uh, Mr Shane was pretty out of it luckily the, uh, the referee stepped in and stopped the fight ensuring that barboza won by what it was like 
what can I say about it? Right now, uh, Barbosa is kind of a scary person in the uh, featherweight division. We don't know what uh, uh, UFC is thinking in terms of his story arc or what. Uh, we don't know what uh, UFC is thinking of in terms of how to promote him as such or we don't know who he'll be fighting next. But one thing that you have to understand is uh, this is his second win in a long time. Not in the long time that he has been away from it, but continuously this is his second win. And you have to, uh, yeah, I think it would be interesting to see who uh, this uh, uh, Barbosa will pay it in the future. But I have nothing but uh, respect and love for Shane Burgess. Uh, I hope he recovers. I hope he finds his space in the next game. And I hope that he wins uh, against whoever is thrown against him. That was pretty much it. The most uh, the thing that stood out in the uh, this particular pair up or this particular uh, thing was uh, the third round technical knockout where there was a delay from the point of uh, contact to Shane's uh, reaction and hitting the canvas. That was the only thing that stood out for me. And that is why I felt that I had to uh, kind of give some kind of an explanation as to for me I thought Shane was going to stand up and uh, for me I felt that Shane was going to at least endure the third round and uh, I was feeling that Barboza would get some kind of an unanimous uh, decision or a split decision as that because remember in the second round when uh, as I said earlier after halfway mark of the second round Shane started re uh, uh, was kind of uh, setting his own pace too and was kind of replying to the punches or uh, doing his thing but at the end of the day it was uh, Barboza's shoes from start to finish and uh, he was victorious as i said earlier congratulations to barboza i'll be looking forward to who he'll, who he'll be fighting in the next matchup and as far as the mr shane is concerned i'm i'm happy that he's okay and i sincerely look forward to who who he'll be fighting in the next pair up also but i don't think uh, barboza and shane are going to run this back again i don't think there is going to be uh, uh, shane barboza too because this was pretty much it because uh, Barboza dominated from from the start to finish he just took care of uh, his end of the bargain and ensured that I'm here to stay a kind of a statement even though he had few losses in the past that is what happened with uh, Edson Barboza and Shane Burgess matchup coming to the next that I was very much interested that I was literally um, hoping that one person would knock out the other person. That is Caitlyn uh, Chukagian versus Vivian Ara. Now, one of the scariest things about this matchup was not both the fighters fighting in the cage, but the reaction from uh, Valentina Shavishanko from Cornell. <laughs> that was interesting if you have time go to UFC website or some other website or Twitter and see the reaction video of Valentina Shavishanko from corner that was interesting thing. I won't spoil it but coming to the uh, Chukagian versus uh, Vivian matchup 
it was a unanimous decision this was a flyweight fight women's flyweight uh, division but you have to understand that uh, Kathleen was this was an all-around um, uh, this was an interesting fight for me because I was hoping that knowing uh, Vivian's background and knowing how she kind of uh, is known for her takedowns in a little sense, not in a complete sense, but to a certain extent of her career, I was hoping that this going this match was going to be on the ground if Vivian was on her top of her game. But this match was entirely technical. Both of them throw beautiful technical jabs and punches and this match was that it was purely technical both of them stood their ground it was it was not a ground game they stood on their feet and they went at each other they were going for jabs they were there was excellent footwork footwork from uh Kathleen. she was uh she threw some beautiful uh, leg kicks uh, she had a chance to i think she threw at least uh, uh, two knees to the face of uh, Vivian, which was very, uh, this kind of uh, changed the course of the match, according to me. So in the first round, it was very technical. Both of them used their uh, jabs. The uh, Catelyn was very uh, technical with her footwork. She ensured that um, she was maintaining distance from Vivian, even though Vivian was trying to uh, throw some punches at her. Uh, she used her legs effectively and she ensured that there was distance between both of them. But uh, for me, I saw that she was injured somewhere in the first round itself. But I'm not pretty sure of it because I have to watch that again just to make sure of it. But first round, it was clear that Kathleen uh, uh, had the round. Because her leg kicks, her jabs, her punches were perfect. This is where things... Uh, um, kind of shifted on to the other side with 180 degrees at the uh, at the onset of second round because as soon as the second round began uh, Vivian had little bit of success in uh, countering uh, Catelyn's punches or jabs as you call them sometimes like uh, in the second round she was able to successfully mount uh, Catelyn she was able to mount but Catelyn's um, uh, defense was really kind of good at that point of time she was uh, even though Vivian was able to mount uh, Chukagian um, there was uh, a moment in her uh, mount that she was trying to get a guillotine uh, choke on Catelyn Chukagian but at the end of the day uh, she was never able to get that full lock into the position to get that guillotine choke on Catelyn Chukagian, but um, her defense was uh, Catelyn's uh, de defense was a little bit of uh, on and off kind of a thing, but she was uh, successfully able to escape, and then as a form of reply to that mount uh, gained by Vivian, she started unleashing punches, strikes, without letting uh, Vivian breathe. She landed some hard strikes before the bell rang, or at least before the 10 second count. She was still going up when the 10 second round warning came up. That was the most interesting thing, uh, as far as uh, I was seeing, because 
the second round i was hoping that vivian uh, when she started uh, responding to kathleen chugagian's uh, jabs and kicks i thought uh, this round might be going towards vivian and when she got that mount and went for the guillotine i was still hoping that vivian had it but chugagian was was far better this day and she was able to escape that mount and she was able to uh, prevent uh, uh, uh vivian from getting that um, guillotine choke in his particular day and that round ended according to me it was um, though uh vivian was uh, able to get a takedown kind of a semi takedown kind of a deal uh, the round still according to me went to even the judges agreed because this was in unanimous decision at the end of the day this round again went to chukagian but both of these fighters stayed on their feet both of them landed some beautiful shots particularly in the case of katlin uh, chukagian not only she landed some beautiful shots she landed some beautiful kicks also there was this uh, kind of a dance that she was doing ensuring that the distance is maintained between both of them and in the enduring distance she was landing some hardcore kicks on vivian then the third round see this is where i found right people i don't know whether people agree with this or not though she was able to uh, counter certain punches uh, with her own uh, uh, jabs and uh, uppercuts uh, vivian was very slow in the second and third rounds maybe other people might disagree but i didn't see the moment that i was seeing in the first and second rounds i personally felt that she was a little bit slow i think in the first round itself or the and at least in the first half of the second round vivian was hurt by uh, either a uh, jab or a punch and i personally felt that her pace was far slower than what she was uh, presenting in the first round so i personally felt that that was a disadvantage towards vivian against chukagian because even though chukagian was hurt at a certain point in the second round she still maintained her pace not not that is not the case with vivian because her movement became viciously slow i could personally feel that she was slow in countering or responding to certain actions by chukagian so by this point i when third round started i personally felt that this this match is going only one way or this fight is going only one way and that is the chukagian way and this was this was uh, kind of cemented this idea that this uh, match up uh, this fight is going to be won by chukagian by either by split decision or unanimous decision was concreted my belief was set in concrete in the third round because uh, chukagian bought more technical striking into the game both had both fighters had little bit of opening in both of their defenses and they were able to land some beautiful shots now as i said right she was uh, chukagian bought a mix of uh, punches and leg kicks mostly push kicks this were not push kicks were kind of a uh, thing for her because she was landing some beautiful push kicks in the third round she made a combination of both uh punches and push kicks and uh, she was by this time um vivian's uh, moment has become much lower than what 
it was in the second round so i think this gave an opening to chukagian to set the pace and she ensured that she has she exploited the vulnerability that she was seeing on her opponent and ensured that a good mix of punches and push kicks was enough to set the uh, fight in her direction and as i said the only two things that come to my mind were it was a technical bout and chukagian dominated with some beautiful technical push kicks and punches as far as chukagian is concerned uh, it has uh, i think it is her uh, second successful uh, win now we have to see um whether how she is going to fare against uh, flyweight champion valentina shevchenko um again because remember she kind of tried this in february of 2020 when they fought when she tried to win the flyweight uh, championship uh, which is being held by valentina shevchenko rightly so and uh, we have to see what again see that is what right i'm so excited about this fight i'm really waiting for who these people will be paid up next i know we are going to get um, easy in the next uh, card but i'm really looking forward to it so that was it um edson barbosa was beautiful but uh, chugagian was a purely technical uh, match up and i was very much in love with both of these fighters because uh, ufc 262 was uh, Uh, Caroline Chugagi against Day, uh, unanimous decision. Congratulations to her. And uh, though Vivian uh, Ara lost today, but I sincerely hope that she'll uh, find her rhythm and she'll come back much more stronger in the future pairs. Now comes the next pair up uh, that is Rogerio Bontorin versus Matt Schnell. After the slow technical bout of uh vivian and uh, chukagian uh, this kind of mixed things up for ufc 262 it didn't take long for both of these fighters to be at their best and i'm not going to talk about how powerful they were and who controlled whom but i'll tell you one thing i think in the first round itself you have to say it was um snell had Bontorin on the back footing in the first round itself. If I am right, or if if I if my recollection is right, uh, Schnell uh, hurt Bontorin in the first round itself. But Bontorin recovered, recovered masterfully. It was it was a wild match. That is what I can say. If people don't understand why I say this, I sincerely hope you go and watch the fight again. but personally i felt that in the first uh, round itself uh, snell was able to uh, counter or hurt bontorin in such a way that bontorin was in the back foot but let me tell you bontorin come back from that setback was far more powerful than personally i was expecting i don't know what others were expecting i thought snell was going to lay some more um, punches and uh, it is going to be a technical knockout or there is going to be a stoppage because bontorin was hurt but what came next out of bontorin was not 
that is something that I was expecting to be pretty honest with you. Going into this, despite knowing Bontori's background, I was a little bit uh, a fanboy of uh, Schnell and I was still rooting for Schnell. And when Schnell heard Bontori in, in the first round itself, I was very happy and as I said earlier, I thought this was going to be a, stock, a stoppage via technical knockout or a complete knockout. I am not going to lie to you. But my god, when I say this, I will repeat again, my god, Bontorin's comeback was epic. Bontorin answered Schnell's first attempt to hurt him with vicious punches. Vicious punches, let me tell you. Schnell on his part tried to counter those punches or tried to at least land some of his own punches on Bontorin but his answers were not enough to counter or even set the pace for the fight itself. It was like, let me tell you, Bontorin was violent. That is the only word that comes to mind. Snell was violent too, but not as much as Bontorin. Snell was violent in the first minute or minute and a half of the first round. Then Bontorin took over. Or at least if I'm wrong, at least let us give him credit of half round. Snell was able to control for half round of first round. Then it was pretty much Bontorin's game. It was pretty much Bontorin's game. Now, the interesting thing that kind of surprised me was, as I said earlier, uh, Bontorin was throwing some bombs onto Schnell. Schnell tried to answer those punches, but the combinations didn't work. It was pure carnage. I think Bontorin was trying for a technical knockout, like every other fighter does, every other violent fighter does. But to his credit, Schnell stood ground. Every attempt Bontorin made to ensure or put away Schnell, Schnell came back swinging. No amount of damage or punishment Bontorin mounted on Schnell. Schnell endured it, ate it and stood back and even in certain cases answered and checked certain punches thrown by Bontorin. But it was pretty clear at the end of the second round that uh, that Schnell was little bit hurt. Uh, personally I saw, personally I felt that Schnell was, uh, Schnell was completely hurt but he was just hanging in there. I think his energy, his pride and everything was uh, holding him together. And I think this was the opening that uh, Bontorin was waiting also. And when the third uh, third round bell rang, Bontorin started with a barrage of uh, punches. Uh, and there was this beautiful jumping knee that was placed. And this pushed Schnell against the cage. And at this point of time, though he was really hurt in the second end of the second round itself, the barrage of punches that he received at the beginning of the third round and the flying knee that pushed him against the cage ensured or at least showed that he was truly, truly, truly hurt. Now, 
the moment Bantorin saw that his opponent was really, 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 really hurt, he transitioned from a standing thing to a takedown. He was very quick in turning that thing into a takedown and he began with hammer punches. Because when Schnell was trying to get out of that uh, takedown, he was scrambling back and forth and he I think he was not um, he was I think his mind um, I don't know what you call it he was not calm Schnell was not calm while he was trying to break away from that takedown and when you see a fighter who is not calm you clearly see that there will be openings for the opponents to attack and Bontorin noticed those openings and started hammering away with punches. Finally, uh, it was all around again. I said, right, Bontorin's game. From that point of time, I, I knew in the third round itself that Schnell wasn't going to um, get any upper hand in the third round because by the end of it i said right uh, snell was hurt by the end of the second round itself and the third round was completely dominated by bontorin when the takedown came bontorin ensured that snell stayed on the ground and to be pretty honest snell could never recover recover out of uh, bontorin's takedown he stayed on the ground he wasn't able to get up which gave uh, very few open, uh, very large openings to Bontorin to land some beautiful, perfect shots. Schnell was answering, but not as much as he should have been. But it was clear that by the end of the second round, Schnell was hurt. And that barrage of punches, that flying knee, that takedown, ensured that Schnell was done for the night then and there but he stuck in he endured he endured punishment through the entire round and uh, that was it schnell won uh, schnell lost and bontorin won as i said feel a little bit sad for schnell because i was hoping that he was going to win uh, i was uh, it was really sad to see him get hurt in the second round and enduring that punishment in the third but that is what this game is sometimes but i sincerely hope uh, both of these fighters um, yeah i don't know man i'm a little bit sad that schnell lost so congratulations to rosario uh, bantorin and uh, my man matt schnell i hope you recover and i hope you bounce back and uh, win in the next matchup that you are going to get so that was a uh, thing that i was little bit looking out for but got disappointed but nothing i love both of those fighters and you have to know this 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 game itself mixed martial arts can go any way uh, nothing is best example than what has happened in the main event between um, charles Oliveira and michael chandler's uh, fight or pair up itself because when i come to it i'll discuss so once again congratulations to montorin Schnell, I hope you bounce back in the next game. Now, let us talk about the co-main event of UFC 262. Benil Dariush versus Tony Ferguson. Before getting into this, let me tell you one thing. 
I was blocked by Tony Ferguson on Instagram. I love Tony Ferguson. I have been riding the train of uh, Tony Ferguson since I was introduced to mixed martial arts. And I really like Tony Ferguson as a fighter, as a human being. I don't know for what reason I was blocked on Instagram by Tony Ferguson. Let me make it clear that I didn't abuse or I didn't post anything uh, derogatory or funny or anything against Tony Ferguson because I respect him as a fighter and I greatly respect and admire him as a human being. I just wanted to take this moment to complain that I was blocked by Tony Ferguson for no fault of mine. Maybe somebody in his team did it. But I understand that fighters get a lot of hate on the internet. But I didn't direct my hate at any fighter at any point of time in my life. And I never will because I have a lot of respect for what these people do. But I just wanted to point out that uh, Tony Ferguson blocked me. If uh, people of Tony Ferguson are listening to this. Or if Tony Ferguson himself is listening to this, fingers crossed, someday, please unblock me. I really like you. I know this is petty. I know why. I don't know why I'm doing this. But I like you, man. I really love your fighting way, uh, style of fighting. I, I'll always support you. But I don't know why you blocked me. That made me a little bit sad. So I wanted to get this off my chest. So getting back to the fight, Manil Dariush versus Tony Ferguson. After listening to the first two minutes of this, you'll understand that I was riding the train of Tony Ferguson. I was sincerely, sincerely, sincerely hoping that this was going to be the comeback of Tony Ferguson. Because he himself said, said, said so. And when this man says something, he's going to deliver on it. I was sincerely hoping that Tony Ferguson was going to, as Khabib would say, smash his way through Darius. I know Darius was a dangerous fighter. This is his 20th fight in UFC. I know how dangerous he is. And I know how beautiful his groundwork is. I know how dangerous his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is. And yet, I was still hoping that with his mixed martial arts or with his mixed magic uh, beans of bag that Tony always carries with him, he was going to gain an upper hand over Darius. But... I don't know what happened. I mean, I know what happened, but I don't know what happened in terms of Tony Ferguson. Since the Gechi fight, since the Gechi fight that was supposed to happen with Kabi, but that Kabi, but then coronavirus or something has happened and Kabi couldn't fight Tony Ferguson and Tony again, Gechi took that fight, uh, and, uh, uh since the Gechi fight, I think people have been putting the idea of Tony Ferguson out of their conversations. This man is a beast. This man's cardio is the best in the world and in the world of MMA. But for whatever reason, he wasn't able to find his core. I don't know what he was missing. I honestly don't know, right? He's the best out there. And every time I saw Dariush smushing, that is the only word that I can use. I think this was the word used by Joe Rogan when he was commenting during the second round or third round itself. The only word that comes to mind was Dariush 
smushing Tony Ferguson. It was Darius from round one to round from the start to finish. Darius dominated Tony Ferguson like Charles Oliveira dominated Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje dominated Tony Ferguson. In the Gaethje fight, Gaethje set the pace. Tony tried to counter, but you know what that you know. You all know what happened in the Gaethje fight, in the Charles Oliveira versus Tony fight. You know, you all know again what happened in the case with Oliveira and Tony. The arm that day, I was scared to see that fight again because I was pretty sure that uh, that arm was gone. Uh, I was pretty sure that Oliveira damaged Tony's arm that day. Again, the same thing happened this day, but in the case, uh, that day it was the arm. Today, this was in heel hook by Darius. It was dominated by Darius on the feet. It was dominated by Darius on the ground, and at the end of it, you had an unanimous decision. For the first time, I think in uh, Tony. Tony's career, I saw him react to pain. Man, last time, I think I am pretty sure Charles destroyed Tony's arm. I didn't see him see him shrill or shout during that hold. In today's heel hook by Darius. For the first time, I saw Tony shout or scream for a minute. When the post-fight interview, when Darius was talking about, he clearly said that he heard a pop, meaning something had terribly gone wrong at the end of the second round. I don't know what happened. I don't know. It was. It was a beautiful execution by Darius. He was throwing hammers. He was throwing beautiful. See, uh, two kicks come to mind. One of the beautiful kicks that he landed ensured that there was some trouble in the left leg of uh, Tony Ferguson. Uh, the second uh, after that uh, kick landed, Tony was able to counter few kicks from Darius, but again uh, one more landed on his right leg, I think, and uh, that kind of put. Uh, Tony Ferguson out of his feet game because once you once few shots land on those uh, thighs or legs, let me tell you they hurt bloody well and they are going to impede your movement or your stance in a uh, game when the opponent is deadlier on the foot and far more deadlier on the ground, and that was happening. The moment he he felt that there was some success on the feet, Darius flipped the entire game plan from a foot-based uh, attack to a ground-based smushing, not even pounding. He was he was not letting Tony Ferguson breathe. Any time Tony tried to get a breath of air, Darius was there. 
right next to him preventing him from taking a deep breath Darius didn't allow Tony Ferguson to get a single breath in to counter or answer his grappling for a moment he had him in the diak choke but that is what i was telling you right snell when bontorian was uh, taking him to the ground snell was flailing like left and right and doing all things when darius was being held in a diak choke by uh, tony ferguson snell was the calmest person in the room you didn't see his arms flailing you didn't see his legs flailing you didn't see his body flailing he was calm he was composed he ensured that tony's hands were tied and the moment he noticed every time tony tried to tighten the grip darius was there along with him trying to loosen it and the inevitable came tony's arm were harmed he pulled out of that darius was maintaining his guard all around the ground game he was going for the pound when he could he was smushing he was grappling that is the only word that you can exactly say what is going on here he was grappling he was using grappling to smush this uh, tony ferguson and any time tony tried to scramble out of his ground game Darius was there to pull right back him in. As I said earlier, right in the second round, uh, he was able to get a beautiful leg lock, and he was trying for the submission. That is when Tony Ferguson uh, displayed agony for the first time in his career. If you watch the replays, you can clearly see Tony Ferguson screaming. at least one scream not screaming but one scream and immediately he regained composure he landed a hit the surprising thing is when darius was holding tony ferguson in the leg lock i didn't see tony ferguson trying to use his hands he was trying to use his only leg the other leg i don't know why but um, as far as i said when the heel hook submission was locked by darius uh, on the ferguson leg tarius told that uh, he distinctly heard a pop but when darius asked tony how his leg is tony acted as if nothing has happened that is tony ferguson in a nutshell for you even if you stab him during the game or even if you stab him during a first round of the uh, fight he is going to fight the next four rounds bleeding out of his body he is not going to submit he is not going to throw in the towel he is going to stand there bleeding on himself on the opponent if possible and he is going to stand there till that is tony ferguson for you gechi fight is the best example in the final round of gechi fight when gechi landed a shot on tony ferguson head you can clearly stony's head flailing in the air despite that tony stood and tried to take more punishment that is tony ferguson for you in a nutshell if this was the main card for me 
beautiful. That was main card worthy. My God, I don't know, man. As far as Tony Ferguson is concerned, I am st still a big fan of Tony Ferguson. Right now, I'm looking at Darius too because he's a veteran. He had 20 fights. This is the biggest name that he has fought in UFC. And my God, did he successfully ensure that his name is in the conversations from henceforth. As I said, he didn't allow Tony Ferguson to breathe. He did not allow Tony Ferguson to breathe. I don't know why I'm saying this again and again and again. But you can clearly see Tony Ferguson trying to gasp a breath of air. He was taking in heavy breaths. Breaths in between, in between the ground and pounding that uh, smushing Darius was doing. One of the greatest escapes from mounts that I have seen in a long time by Tony Ferguson, you have to give it uh, to him. But Darius was too good. Darius was a master. He was very technical, very, very, very technical. And again, unanimous decision. Darius won, Tony Ferguson lost. To this day, I'm a big fan of Tony Ferguson. But I feel that his age is little bit of catching up to him. He's 37 or 38. Darius was 31, I think, if I'm not wrong. But if past three fights are any indicator, I don't know. We have to see how Tony is going to recover out of this. I'm no longer angry that I was blocked by Tony Ferguson. I'm just um, it's sad to see some fighter lose their streak and that too a fighter of caliber of uh, Tony Ferguson. I don't know man. I sincerely hope uh, Tony Ferguson uh, figures out uh, what is holding him back. That's the only explanation. Something is holding Tony Ferguson back. That's it. That is where I am standing at now. That was the co-main event. Darius won. Darius is in the conversation from henceforth as I said earlier. Uh, he's going to face some beautiful opponents in the future, whatever UFC deems fit. But it was a Darius show from start to finish. Apart from the heavyweight, uh, lightweight, heavyweight is the stacked division in UFC. But I think we'll discuss in the coming months, uh, coming months as to how this lightweight division is going to play out. But Let's talk about the main event of UFC 262. Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Charles Oliveira won over Michael Chandler by a knockout. This was a title fight. This was a lightweight title fight. They were fighting for the belt. This was not what I was expecting when I was going into this matchup. I knew Charles Oliveira was a murderer, was a beast. I knew Michael Chandler was a beast. And I was hoping that Michael Chandler was going to win. I was sincerely hoping that because I felt that though Charles was a beast, 
pure power that Chandler brings into the game, I essentially thought that uh, Charles Oliveira cannot counter the pure power of Michael Chandler. But boy, I was I wrong. I was wrong from the second round, but not in the first round. If you have seen this, in the first round, Chandler landed a shot on Oliveira and Oliveira was hurt. I think is what I think it was a left hook that was uh, that connected with Oliveira and Oliveira lost his uh, footing and uh, Chandler tried to uh, throw some uh, continue that uh, uh, left hook with some, uh, some punches but the first round was uh, Chandler's according to me because uh, Oliveira was hurt in the first round that was pretty much clear but not to the extent that he was going to uh, get a technical knockout or a knockout or a um, some sort of a stoppage from the referee in the first round that was it because it was a sh very short game um, i don't know why i call this game but for me it's a game so forgive me if uh, you call it uh, something else but yeah it was very interesting it was very surprising for me i told you right um yeah i don't have much to talk about uh, the main guard because the first round kept moving from one fighter to the other fighter in the beginning it seems that uh olivera was uh successful in uh, getting a uh, guillotine but michael chandler broke free then michael chandler landed some shots olivera was hurt but olivera came back and there was beautiful uh, leg kicks coming out of olivera chandler responded the those kicks with some beautiful overhand punches and uh, that was the punch that hurt Oliver. One of those overhand punches that uh, Chandler threw that hurt Oliveira, and everybody was hoping that uh, this was going to be the end of Oliveira in the first round, and the title was going to Michael Chandler. But the moment the second round started. Uh, I was I was believing that Chandler was setting up the momentum momentum for the second round, but Oliveira responded with a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful left hook. After quickly connecting with Michael Chandler, Oliveira continued that streak of punches on Chandler against the cage to his credit I don't know why I'm saying this Chandler tried to get away and I can clearly feel that this is over now the moment Chandler tried to get away from the punches against the cage 
I knew that this was over, but Oliveira chased him down. There is no other way for it. Oliveira chased Chandler down and again dropped him and kept on punching until referee. Dan Migralito, I think it was. Uh, saw that there was no response or answers from Michael Chandler and he stepped in. It was a beautiful stoppage. There is no wrong. There is nothing wrong with the stoppage. Remember, uh, Dan uh, gave uh, Chandler enough time to respond or at least answer the punches or check the punches from Oliveira, which he did not. And the stop was right and stop was beautiful. Neither the fighters complained, neither anybody complained. I have been seeing some tweets on Twitter and some other places complaining the stoppage was not right. Go back and watch. Chandler did not at least try to check some of those punches. He was pretty much non-answering and the stoppage was right. If Dan didn't step in, I think Chandler was going to take some serious damage in the hands of Oliveira. That is what happens in these fights. That is why we have such experienced referees in the cage along with these animals. This is his first loss for Michael Chandler. This is his seventh win, if I'm not wrong. A continuous streak. Uh, eighth win, right? Eighth win for. Uh, uh, eighth or ninth win for uh, Charles Oliveira. Yeah. So. This is his second fight in the UFC promotion. He was a world champion in other promotions. Um, yeah. We have a new a new heavy um, yeah everybody knows that the lightweight title has been vacant for a few a few months because Khabib now uh, Khabib left uh, retired or uh, Narmagedov huh, I cannot pronounce his name Khabib Narmagedov uh, vacated his title because he made a promise to his mother that he isn't going to fight. He is the reigning champion. I don't think anyone will ever beat Khabib uh, in the future or in the present. No fighter is capable enough because you cannot compete compete with Khabib. I know people say this fighter, that fighter. No. Khabib decides when the game is going to be a ground game. And he's going to ensure that you are on the ground at that point of time and he is going to smash you. He is the best fighter in MMA. So the title has been vacant. Now we have a new lightweight champion in Charles Oliveira. This has been 11 years in the making because it's an it has been a long ride for the uh, Charles Oliveira from the favelas of Brazil to here and he has earned every bit of this championship. So congratulations to the new champ Charles Oliveira. Uh, Charles Oliveira defeated Michael Chandler via knockout in second round. Punches is the knockout more. And I'm really happy for Charles Oliveira because 
you have to follow the story of Charles Oliver from the beginning to end. He worked his ass off from the beginning to end. Nobody deserves this. So brackets make you can put Justin Gaethje also. But right now at this point of time, you cannot take away this win from Charles Oliveira. So we have a new lightweight champion in Charles Oliveira. Congratulations to the champion. Michael Chandler is also a beast. But today was not his day. He had uh, both brought their A games. Charles Oliveira proved to be the best. So hope you had as much as fun as I had watching UFC 262. I know few people have been asking about uh, one championship and uh, it having an Indian uh, heavyweight uh, title holder right now. It's a technically not so true because he's Canadian and there was a lot of things that goes on into him being promoted as an Indian. I don't. Yeah, I'm going to do a separate uh, podcast for this a separate video for this. Please follow Yudhishastra on all major podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Hope you stay safe, stay healthy and uh, let us get back into this again when we discuss about one championship and UFC 263. Take care. Bye.